This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. What is good, San Diego? Diego, San Diego. On the San Diego. <laughs> on the eve of the Padres' wild card playoff game one against the New York Metropolitans. And the Padres are, as we uh, speak now at City Field, doing their, uh, in the process of going through their workout. I'm here along with Chris Sello, Matt Scraby. Uh, it is 201. Out in San Diego, five oh one here in New York, and uh, I got to say, Chris, I'm pretty excited, man. Uh, game one, I think um, this will be the first, my first ever playoff game being called uh, on the radio. Jesse, I know is excited. I'm definitely excited. It seems like all of San Diego was excited for this uh, for this playoff series. No question about it. Padres are trying to accomplish something tomorrow night, uh, Tony, that they have not accomplished since 2006, and that is to win a playoff game on the road. Uh, the Padres have yeah. only won five playoff games on the road in franchise history. Three of those were in one series in the 1998 NLCS. They won three times in Atlanta en route to that World Series. But uh, last time they won a playoff game on the road, 2006 in St. Louis. So, yeah, this is uh, this is a lot of fun. I mean, uh, we should really be enjoying this, and uh, I think we are. I think Padre fans are rightfully excited. They have a right to be. Uh, this doesn't happen for us every year. We don't get this opportunity in San Diego all the time. I'm always, I always get a kick out of the depressed Dodger fan at the end of the season acting like the world has come to an end because their team lost in a playoff. And my always my message to them is, so what? You'll get another chance next year. But when you're the Padres, you, that next year isn't always guaranteed to you. And yeah. so, I, you know, to me, you got to cherish these moments. And obviously, A.J. Preller has put together a team, a franchise, an organization that – you know, he's hoping is going to be consistently, you know, making these postseason appearances. But, you know, nothing is guaranteed. We ne- we ne- we didn't know this season was going to have to be played without Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, you know, still the Padres were able to overcome it, get 89 wins, and get back into the postseason. And, you know, wait, when something happens once every 16 years, uh, at least in a full season, you got to really love it. And uh, yeah. I think right now it's time to love this. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Padres, um, in, in terms of where they rank postseason, a lot of teams figure this is uh, the 12th team in the, in the in the rankings. At least MB.com 
put him there. Uh, Max Scherzer, you Darvish. We'll have some sound from you Darvish uh, possibly in our show. Remember, we're only on uh, with you guys for two and a half hours. Uh, Monday night, no, excuse me, Thursday night football <laughs> uh, will be played tonight. Who's playing tonight, by the way? I've, it's been a whirlwind. Well, Jonathan I, I, Taylor's not. We know that. That's, uh, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, Colts he's he's and, out of the lineup. It'll be Colts and Broncos tonight. Broncos, so, yeah. Yeah, that's our Thursday night game coming up. But, you know, Tony, I mean, this is just fantastic. I mean, uh, to be in the postseason, I, I saw the – the rankings you're referring to, and uh, I think somebody's got to take a clip of those and go post them in the uh, Padre locker room uh, or, in, you know, in the clubhouse. Uh, they, they ranked the 12 postseason pitching staffs on MLB.com today. Padres came in dead last. I, I, I mean, honestly, I understand that you're up against 11 other playoff teams, but and without looking at everybody's playoff pitching roster – I find it hard to believe that the Padres could rank 12th out of 12 teams in pitching. I mean, this is why they're here. Their starting rotation, I think, matches up as well as anybody's, especially at the top with Darvish and Snell and with Musgrove. Uh, I think the Padres' potential four or five guys are as good, if not better, than most. You know, if you got to go down to Clevenger in a deeper series – so be it. I mean, Clevenger is a you know an, a potential ace pitcher, you know, pitching out of your number four spot. Sean Manaya finished the season hot. You got the best closer in baseball in Josh Hader, and he's pitching like it again. The bullpen in front of him has been steady and solid all year long. It's just hard for me to believe that all eleven of the other teams in the playoffs rank better in their pitching staff. But this is something I want to remind the Padre players before they go out to fight tomorrow night. Yeah, listen, I, I think it, at this point you, you don't need a postseason rankings to, to get you going for these games. These, these games are going to be played at such a high level, a high concentration level. Um, and I also think it's important to remember when, you, when you're doing a, a, a postseason power rankings, the, 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 the differences between the teams are, are, are so minimal in most cases. You, you can argue the Astros, Dodgers, Braves are – you know the 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 upper echelon of the twelve, I guess you could say, but there is very little difference when in the grand scheme of things. Uh, that's how you get to this point in the first place. That's how good these teams are. I want to remind everybody: uh, you can basically hang out with uh, the folks on ninety-seven three, the fan, all day tomorrow, right? You got a chance to come on down to Ale Smith Company uh, Brewing Company. And hang out from the morning show with Ben and Wood starting at 6 a.m., followed by Coach John Contreras' show, then followed by Gwen and Chris as well. I, I won't be there. I'll be there in spirit uh, because at that <laughs> point, uh, you, you know, the pods will will be uh, getting ready to to take to take place at that point. It's, and, it's, it's uh, and I just wanted to add to all of that. It's not in the promotion here, Tony, but I wanted to throw this in. I talked to Scraby earlier. If anybody gets there at 6 a.m. tomorrow uh, for Ben and Woods and stays there throughout the day all the way until our show at 4.30 comes to an end for the pregame. I don't like where this is going. Scraby's going to buy all of you people See, no. a no. Uh, round of 394 <laughs> That is not ale. true. That is not true. Yes, for everybody who spends the entire day, afternoon, and late afternoon with us, Scraby's going to take care of you. As a guy Let- who spent an entire day in a brewery before, I, I know, don't that's think that's why. a you know how You know how impressive that is. So you're These- going to reward everybody who stays the whole time. Ladies and gentlemen, these two have been bickering all day since <laughs> we've been it's, online. It's, it's it, it, is, it has truly been like brothers all day long, just just 
bickering with well, one another. Well, he finally got one right yesterday, Tony. Oh, That's oh, what oh, it all oh, comes so down to. Someone's trying to admit it now. Someone's trying to admit it. Oh, no, Chris, before you, go, before you get into this, I have to tell you that before you walked in, he was definitely touting his victory. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> he did not think he were going to give in to it very easily, though. I guess I can say I don't think he expected to hear you say those words on air. Well, he he got one right yesterday, but that's not me giving in. That's just saying that he got one right because he said that the bod, the broadcaster delayed, and I just I, I found it perplexing and amazing <laughs> that we would be de- delaying our baseball broadcast. <laughs> Because that's something that had never been done in my lifetime, but I guess it's something that started recently where we have to delay the broadcast. So I was I was adamant about my point, but I'm still kind of adamant about it because I think I'm I think even though I'm wrong, I feel like I'm right. You feel not. like we should. That's not a thing. Be quiet. Nobody make my. I already thing. said you. I already said you were right. But I think that I ought to be right. I really think that we ought to carry the games live. Uh, that that frustrates me that the fans have to work so hard to sync up the TV with the radio call. But I, I, I'm just sticking up for our fans out there, that's all, and saying the game should be a broadcast live. But since they're not, Tony Gwynn Jr. and Jesse Agler will be coming on the air tomorrow for the broadcast at exactly 5.07 and 7 seconds. Actually, I hate uh, to listen, update you. I it's can't, 10. I, I oh, can't I, I can't wait to try that at home. You know, honey, I think I know I'm wrong, but I think I should be right. <laughs> I think I think Yeah, good you luck should, with that. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> I think you should concede because I think I should be right. That is quite I hilarious. Know. I know. Well, <laughs> Scraby blind squirrel acorn Scraby found well, one yesterday. Congrats. So, so Scraby's got a freaking uh, a pop quiz win this week oh, and yeah. he's won an argument. This is really a crazy oh, yeah. week. You know, this is so crazy. This, the Padres this might are probably going to well sweep for the, Padres. the Mets. This has been that <laughs> right. kind of a crazy week. So, right. I got to tell you guys. I think just back to the to the to the series, uh, real quick. I know Max Scherzer starting Game One. I think that if the Mets lose Game One, we'll see a Degrom Game Two. If they win Game One. I don't think we see DeGrom game two. That is my thought on that. Yes, Buck Walter. I think a lot of people are surmising, and you are as well, Tony, that he'd like to stay with Jacob DeGrom to begin the Dodgers series. But you know what? That's assuming, Buck, that you're going to be in the Dodgers series. And uh, I, I think that's no, a very – No, I didn't say that. I no, think I know you sa- didn't. But, I think uh, he's saving him for a game three right. if that is the case. Yeah, saving him for a game three, but also he'd be more ready to start game one of the Dodgers series if they get that far. But, you know, I think that's a very dangerous way to manage. I, I think you've got to put, put your best two guys right up front in the first two games. I. I, you know, if I'm the Mets, I, I, I don't want this series extending to a third game if I don't have to. I mean, if Scherzer wins the first game, I would come right back with yeah, DeGrom. Yeah, but what if the, what if the Padres the beat game. one of those two guys, though? Well, and then, then you got your, your you should have confidence in your third guy. I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I'm telling you right now, Joe Musgrove, I'll take Joe Musgrove over any of the, whoever they have remaining, whether it's Carrasco, yeah. Walker, uh, what's the other one, Bassett. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm missing one, but no, those I, are the guys. I think that's what he's trying to avoid. Well, he's, that's too bad. And and I think by trying to avoid that, I think he's sending the wrong message to a guy like Chris Bassett that I don't trust you in a third game. I mean, it's a very thinly veiled uh, critique of his own pitcher saying, you know what, if, if I win game one, I'm going to try to you slip you through in game two and save my ace for game three. 
I, I think that's a bit of a knock on your game two starter. But that I'm not really concerned about what Buck Showalter is doing. The Padres are going to have their work cut out for them no matter what it is, whether it's Scherzer, whether it's DeGrom, whether it's Bassett. The Mets have an excellent bullpen. Uh, I was reading on um, MLB.com today that uh, the Mets this year were a perfect 89-0 and when they led after eight innings this year. That's the best record they've ever had, and uh, the reason for that is Edwin Diaz. So yeah, avoid the horns. You've got to avoid that if you're the Padres. You've got to get uh, get to the Mets by the seventh, and Diaz comes in in the eighth inning sometimes. He's only the third pitcher in baseball history to strike out more than half the batters he faced. I mean, it was unbelievable. He struck out 118 of uh, 235 batters, so... Uh, you, you basically have a seven-inning ball game when you play the Mets. I think their setup guys are pretty good, and their starters are great. These these games are going to be so tight, Tony. Gonna, I mean, come on, it's a two to one, the, three to two. The, yes, I would bet is, the I would bet everything I have on the under in in all of these games. And, and I think that and that's why I think the Padres match up well. I I really do. I think they have a. If, especially if the scores are in that range, yeah, I think it benefits the Padres. I, I think it does. They played so many games yeah. that have resembled that. I think there's a comfort level there, but they also, I mean, it, it didn't happen as much as we would have liked. We do know they have an explosive offense. They when they when it's all put together, we've seen them put up seven, nine in an inning before, and so uh, I, I'm excited, man. I really am. I think this place is going to be nuts. Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night. I love the fact that the Padres are primetime every game. It's, yeah. Well, I mean, with the exception of Game Three, which can move depending on if if series have ended or not. Uh, they're on primetime, man. They get a chance to to be on the national stage when it matters most. And uh, I just think that I think they're going in at the right time right now. I really yeah. do. And both teams can uh, claim that they play well in tight ball games. You look at the extra inning records of both of these teams. They are exceptional. The Padres are 12 and 5 in extra innings games this year. The Mets are a little better, Tony. They're 10 and 2 in extra innings this year. Uh, they went 21 and 15 in one-run games. We know the Padres were real good, 30 and 17. So both these teams like to play close games. They're used to winning close games. They have the pitching to do it. One real little reminder to everybody out there is getting ready for this series, and just I, I'm trying to remind myself, the ghost runner does not exist right. in the playoffs. So you throw those throw those extra inning yeah, win losses right. the out of the way. Because records are a little different. Yeah, it's played completely. It's, it is old school. Yeah, you got to score it from home plate. You yeah. know, you don't get no to start with a guy said. Yeah, in the, in, the, in the playoffs. So yeah. So that's it should be fun, man. I'm, I am, I am so because I think at least one of these games is going to go extra innings and going to be decided by these bullpens. And you know, honestly, if I'm the Padres, I'm hoping that if I get to extra innings, I've gotten past Edwin Diaz. I mean, hopefully he would pitch the ninth inning of a tight game, and then I'd get past him and you know get into somebody else and have a better opportunity in extra innings. But I, I think every single play is going to be scrutinized. Every ground ball with a runner at second base that moves a guy to be third or over to third base is going to be scrutinized. If you get a sacrifice fly, a wild pitch moves a runner up 90 feet. I mean, every single one of these plays is going to be important, and that's that's what I love. That That's the that, baseball that, that I love the most, we, where we, every we, single play matters. I, I know we've been preaching it all year long during the games, right? Like, the little things, being able to get guys over, as you just mentioned, um, being able to, you know, you know, get that sack, get that runner in from third, less than two. Uh, watch out. Uh, I, I'm I'm hoping to see the Padres uh, really be aware of the running game. 
because you know teams are going to try to take advantage of it. You just get the feeling the Mets specifically, they got some dudes who can run a little bit, um, may try to take advantage of it. And we'll see how the Padres combat it because they struggled with teams that, that wanted to run on them this year. You yeah. know, it's not something that you see a lot, but it is something that, that certainly teams – uh, will in a series like this, will try to take advantage of if they can. So. Well, one good thing is Starling Marte is very likely not to play in this series, yeah. and he's one of the guys that can run for the uh, New York Mets. He led the league in stolen bases a few years ago, so uh, he's not going to be available. That moves Brandon Nimmo uh, to center field. That probably puts uh, Naquin in right field. And, you know, those are good players, but they're not Starling Marte. So no. uh, both teams will be missing a key cog in this series. Obviously, the, the Padres have never had Fernando. but And I don't know that Marte matches Fernando, but he's a pretty good player. And for him to miss this series, hopefully the Padres can take advantage. All right. Uh, listen, at some point, you guys will have a chance to win a pair of tickets to this Saturday San Diego State game against Hawaii. Uh, don't miss the Aztecs 100th season of football and first season at the beautiful Snapdragon Stadium. Grab tickets at goaztecaztecs.com. All right, when we return, we've heard now from Manny. We've heard from you, Darvish. Now you guys may hear you, Darvish, next on Gwen and Chris. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The show's rolling until uh, 4.30 this afternoon. That'd be 7.30 where Tony Gwynn Jr. is. He's in New York. That's where the Padres are as well, of course. Game one of the playoffs tomorrow. Following our show, pregame show will get under at uh, get underway at 4.30 tomorrow. First pitch a little bit after 5.30 tomorrow night. And it'll be you, Darvish, against Max Scherzer. And, Tony, I know that uh, Scherzer's got the big marquee name in this game, but you, Darvish, has been pitching as well, if not better, than anybody in all of baseball. You look at his six September starts, Darvish allowed just a 168 opponent batting average. He had a 0.79 whip and a 1.85 ERA. Each of those numbers are the second lowest in a calendar month for his career. So he's pitching as well as he ever has. And, you know, I think people are overlooking this Padre club a little bit. 
Caesar Sportsbook put out the odds for all all four playoff wild card series. Tampa Bay is underdog, but they're plus one hundred five. Philadelphia is underdog to St. Louis; they're plus one twenty to win it. Seattle is underdog against Toronto; they're plus one forty. Padres are the longest odds of all, plus one fifty. So, not only are they ranked last on MLB.com's pitching list. But they are perceived to be the team with the least likely chance to win this wild card round. And uh, I say let them everybody think that because I would take you, Darvish, over just about anybody right now, Tony. Yeah, no, I don't I don't know uh, what to make of the pundits out there. But I, I, I think the I think you, Darvish, is as good as any pitcher in this league. And I think it, it hasn't been announced, but if Blake Snell goes game two, he's got as good a stuff as anybody in the league. And if Joe Musgrove pitches in game two, he's probably as competitive of any pitcher in this league. I like <laughs> I like I like the Padres starters. I really do. Uh, I like their bullpen where it's at going into this point. Um you know, I, I, I just think I think this team has a much better chance than what they are being given right now. Now obviously you gotta go out and prove that when it's all said and done, but um Listen, and, and you know, there's a part of me that this is the team I've seen all year long, so um, I, I probably have some bias towards them. But um, I, I, when I try to remove that, I still look at this team. I look at both sides on paper. You can't tell me that that team on paper is way better than the Padres. You just can't convince me of that. Go back to July 22nd. I, I, think, I personally think that Mets uh, pitching, starting pitching is very top-heavy. Yeah, I agree. After the first two guys, Darvish matched up with Scherzer on July 22nd in New York. It was the first game after the All-Star break, and both guys were electric. Darvish went seven innings, allowed four hits, struck out nine. He got the win. Scherzer went six innings, allowed five hits, two runs, struck out eight. But he got the loss. Uh, of all people, Eric Hosmer hit a home run off Max Scherzer in that ball game. Bomb, Pod- right? Left yeah. center. Padres went on to win it 4-1. to one. Trent Grisham also homered in that game for the Padres. So uh, this exact matchup earlier this year went the way of Darvish and the Padres. Let's hope the same thing happens tomorrow. Now, speaking of you, Darvish, he uh, just finished up a press conference in New York at City Field. You, we are going to transfer you there and give you an opportunity to hear what the Padres starting pitcher had to say ahead of tomorrow night's start. How much of a confidence builder is it for you that you've been throwing the ball as well as you have? And in the second half, throwing the ball great, being able to take that momentum into the postseason with you. Yeah, um, I feel like I'm in a good place, and I feel like I can go out there with some confidence and um, compete. Two great outings against the Mets so, so far this season. Obviously, you're constantly studying. Do those outings help you in any way, or is it sort of a blank slate as you're coming into postseason now facing this team for a third time? Yeah, um, I did do good against um, these guys this year, but you know I try not to look focus too much on that. Um, obviously, I have uh, the video and you know all that stuff uh, leading into tomorrow's game. So um, you know I have something to uh, study on going into the game, but um, uh, I try not to you know focus too much on that. Andrew Caspel. You, I know how much you love studying and preparation and, and game planning. Does it change at all for a start like this one where there's so much more on the line? And, and what is it about that game planning process that, that kind of allows you to thrive? 
No, I mean, you don't, you don't change anything too much. Um, yeah, like I mentioned, um, you know, I had, I, I was able to pitch two games against these guys this season. And, um, you know, I have the data and more information on them. So, yeah, um, again, it's always a fun process uh, to study the opponent. And, you know, that, that'll be the same for this one, too. Kevin Acey. You, how was that different, your video study, your study of, say, like the last 10 at-bats and that sort of thing? How was that different when you just found out that it was going to be the Mets? Had you started looking at the Mets and the Cardinals? No, yeah. Um, I was studying the, the Cardinals. I was looking at the Mets. And, you know, even before we clinched the playoffs, I was looking at the Giants, too. So, But, you know, again, um, this whole process of uh, going through the hitters is, you know, it's a fun process for me. So... What have you learned from your postseason experiences? Uh, everyone talks about how different it is, how much more exciting, much more intense, and how, how much of a challenge is that for you to keep it all calm? Yes. Um, yeah, like, uh, like I mentioned before, try not to, you know, get overly excited, too excited, you know, just be because it's the playoffs, you know. Um, we came here, uh, I think it was after the All-Star break, and we played against these guys, and I took the mound. So kind of have the same mentality as that going on to the mound. That's my approach. Just to follow up on the earlier Mets question, when you, in your very good season, you were particularly good against them this year. Why do you think that was in those games? I think I, I think that was luck. You know, I, I didn't change anything. Um, it, I'm talking about the regular season, you know, going against each opponent. So, you know, I would study the Mets as I would any other team. And um, But, uh, you know, um, obviously there's really good hitters over there. And I feel like I was maybe able to particularly um, command my pitches, locate my pitches on those given days. And um, also, you know, how... They are um, with their hitting at at that particular time might matter a little bit too. So um, yeah, I think that all kind of goes into play. You not uh, not just this season here, but even with your previous teams, you've had some very very good games in this ballpark. Is this is this a, a stadium, a ballpark that you really enjoy pitching, whether it be the mound or the sight lines or something like that? Yeah, um, having good results at a particular stadium, you know, that that does give you a little bit of confidence. But, you know, when I think about coming here, it's, it doesn't necessarily give me like a really good, good feeling, so to say. So, um, but that said, um, you know, I do have some good results at this stadium. And, um, you know, hopefully um, I can go in there with some more confidence. Um, you've put a very impressive last couple months together. What are some specific things that you think have allowed you to succeed? I think it comes down to being really able to command the pitches, um, especially um, on my fastballs, the faster pitches. Um, you know, um, I feel like I was able to hit my spots and yeah, just overall good command of, of the fastball, um, I think um, helped me a lot. A couple more in English, and then we'll switch to Japanese. AJ? You, this might just be me, but it looks like, like you're having a lot of fun pitching this season. Are you having more fun pitching this season? And, and what do you like particularly about this team and this being in this clubhouse? 
Yeah, it's we have some good characters on this team. Um, you know, it, it's a fun clubhouse, and you know, just given where I am, um, where where I am with my career, career, it's you know, it, it's a blessing to be in that clubhouse and have fun with those guys. Um, but uh, again, I kind of go back to what I was saying earlier. Um, I think the fun process for me has always um, been, particularly this year, uh, studying the hitters, you know, in, in the way that I was studying. So, um, you know, that has been the very fun pro process for me. And also, you know, um, I am a professional baseball player, and I think that comes with some certain responsibilities. And, you know, um, so, you uh, you know, you want to go out there and, um, you know, perform in a way that, you know, in a, in a good way. So, All right. That obviously was the uh, interpreter, uh, Shingo Hori. Uh, not you, Darvish, speaking perfect English there. But uh, as you know, uh, you uh, speaks mostly Japanese. And they did part of the uh, press conference in Japanese, as you heard. Yes. But that is you, Darvish, at City Field, where he has, uh, they mentioned it in the interview or process there, but he has always pitched well. At City Field, uh, looked it up, Scraby. Four starts in his career at City Field. You Darvish, perfect, three and zero with an ERA of two point oh oh. He has uh, pitched twenty seven innings at at City Field in his career. Struck out thirty two and walked only five. So I, he's I had the, a good shout field out to there. Sh shout out to Shingo, by the way. Yeah, he's awesome, good job, man. Shingo. He's, he's he, Who knows uh, if you Darvish really said any of that stuff? <laughs> First of all, uh, Shingo might be the hardest working cat I know. Yeah. Uh, aside from doing all this, this dude is up. I, I think he goes to the gym every morning. Oh. Every morning. I try to go, like, if we're in a four-game, so say it's a, a six-game road trip, I try to go three times. He's in there every all three times that I'm in there, and I think he goes, like, every day in the morning. Yeah. It's pretty well, amazing. Good for him, man, and he yeah, does man. a nice job. I I always get a kick out of the interpreters when a guy gives up like a twenty minute answer, and the the uh, interpreter will say, "Yeah, it was luck. It was just luck." <laughs> I, like, what about the rest of the stuff he said there? Well, don't worry about all the rest of that. I stuff. I, I did find it. Uh, I like you, Darvish's sense of humor that he said it was all luck. You, well, you just tell that he's a pretty he's a good dude. He's a good cat, and uh, he's always pitched well at uh, City Field. So hopefully that will. Uh, Will be the case tomorrow night in Game One of the uh, postseason against Max Scherzer and the Mets. Game time is shortly after five thirty. Don't forget, uh, we get it all started at six a.m. tomorrow morning. Ben and Woods broadcasting live from Ale Smith Brewing Company, right off Miramar Road, and uh, the coach John Cantera from ten to two. Then our show from two until the pregame show gets started at four thirty. So uh, make sure you're with us for uh, most of or at least part of the day tomorrow ahead of uh, the Padres' playoff opener. We'll come back with more Gwen and Chris in just a sec on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3 The Fan. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 240 out in San Diego. 540 here in New York. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Sello, Matt Scraby. If it makes you feel better, we you know, the power rankings kind of poo-pooed our, our pods 
Uh, Fangraphs, however, in terms of uh, the National League pennant, puts us somewhere in the middle, right? Uh, Looks like Astros, Braves, Dodgers um, have the top three spots, followed by Yankees, Mets, Padres. Ah, that's uh, better. At six. uh, And that is uh, 11.7% Fangraphs. Um, World Series Fangraphs, just about the same, sixth place. 6.3% 6.3% behind the Astros, Braves, Dodgers, Yankees, Mets. It is kind of funny when you get to the playoffs, as if getting to the playoffs doesn't already prove that you're a good enough team. <laughs> right. They got to do this again, right? <laughs> All fans want, you know, a little bit of a, they want more, you know, they want more respect. It's like, 100%. okay, we're in the playoffs. Now give us some respect. Right. And don't well, be, don't be telling us that we have no chance to advance. But, you know, as we know, Tony, we can talk all we want. Respect right. will be earned. You go That's ahead and right. beat the Mets twice. You'll go get to some LA respect. and knock the Dodgers off. You'll see a lot of respect really quick. Oh, yeah. I, oh, watch how watch how the the talking heads make a a U turn. Oh basically. yeah. I knew this Padre team was dangerous. <laughs> That's that'll be that'll certainly be a, a part of the conversation. Manny Machado sitting down with the media as we speak. We'll have that for you here uh, shortly after Scraby sifts through it. Make sure. Uh, he hasn't dropped a Manny Bleep and Machado in there, so not yet. Uh, not yet. Yeah, we, we <laughs> Still sure one that. of my favorite moments of this entire <laughs> yeah, season. I, I, when you said it the other day, I was like, you know what? That was a pretty cool moment because it felt like this. Th- that was one of the about seven different times where it felt like the sky was like on top. Oh, of Oh, no heads. kidding, man! The sky fell at least seventeen <laughs> times this year, and we still made the playoffs. So. Still made the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have that for you in a sec. Um, on some fantasy football news, um, in our in in the in the Odyssey Empire, League. I have a feeling I'm going to get attacked here. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get attacked or not, but you know, one of the things that has not happened in the four years, four, three years, three or four years, three yeah. or four years of our league, um, is we haven't had a husband wife trade. Uh oh. Yeah, that has. There's only, fina- a hus- there's only one husband wife there, team in the league, so you must be talking about me. There is, there is, and you know they've largely avoided it. But I, I don't think they avoided it purposely. I just think there was not a deal out there to be made this year. Uh, there's a deal out to be made, and uh, I can already sense Scraby's hmm. um, conspiracy. Yeah, well, kind he thinks everything's spirit, a conspiracy. Spirit so. already, like, Consider rumbling. Well, I, I saw the trade go through my phone. I pulled over off of traffic just so I could see <laughs> what pulled, trade was going down. He pulled over uh, off of traffic. I'm sorry for everybody on the uh, 805 South. That that was me pulling off the, the road. Kelly Danik is going to be screaming at you <laughs> in the next traffic update. Uh here is have we we haven't announced the trade yet, right? Oh uh, well, it's yeah, it's 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 up for a vote. You know, you guys have, you guys know how it goes. A lot of times things go up for votes. Nobody pays attention, so you know the 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 vote the the trade goes through. That's how it usually works. Now I'm fine if the trade goes through, no problem. And I don't even think the trade is that bad of a trade. But here are my concerns. Chris gets Tyler Algier, the Atlanta running back, which is a step down for him. That is not. Correct. Oh I'm, no, you're trading. I'm trading him. Yes. Okay. Can you explain it then? Because I just messed it well, up. Well, I'm trading Algier, a running back, to my wife, uh, who is in desperate need of a running back because she lost Javante Williams for the year, and David Montgomery, her other running back, is on the injured list. So she's in desperate need of a running back, and I had uh, Algier in reserve. So that was so, the first so, part of the trade. 
Uh, you know, so that's the first part of trade. What is the second part of trade? If there is a second, second part, part of the trade, is that I desperately needed a tight end because I have Dalton Schultz, who hasn't caught a pass all year, and my wife had two really good tight ends. She had Zach Ertz and Tyler Higby. So I told her, I said, I can give you a running back that I think will be beneficial to you until your guys get healthy. Uh, mainly Montgomery gets healthy. In exchange, I'm going to ask for one of your two tight ends since you can only use one of them. That's the genesis of the trade. She chose to hang on to Zach Ertz and trade me Tyler Higby. I sent her Algier. And then um, I gave her a backup tight end in Schultz. She gave me a backup running back in, I think it's Rashad White of Tampa Bay. See, here's the here's my issue. So what's your problem, Scraby? <laughs> you're, you're trading a guy, Dalton Schultz, who hasn't done anything this year, and you're, you're gaining a tight end that is like... I- Second I, in I, targets on that I, team. I have to. I have to say, and I, I, I'm gonna have to defend Chris on this. Chris is in the. He now. I would feel different if Chris had the upper hand in this position because he does, right? Lori is in desperate need of a running back. She does not have one that can play at this point, so she needs one. Now, if Chris would have made a deal with Lori and didn't somehow win the trade, I could see this. But it, it sounds like, based on what I heard. Chris is getting the better of this deal, as he should, considering the position Lori's in. That's that's my take on this one. I'd and rather so hear Scraby's so- take because it's going to be filled with a lot more venom. <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's not venom. It's not venom. And and we've been talking about this all week. You've been very transparent on your your wishes to trade with the, with Lori, and you were concerned that people were going to take it the wrong way in the league. Like I'm you. not saying it's a bad trade. I'm just a little ticked off that you ended up winning the trade. Well, welcome, to well, you know, welcome to the club because you did end up with being able to keep your your man. Uh, oh, Jamar Chase, he's been Jamar great. Chase. He's been great right. this year. Right, he's been great. Right. So you know, I'm just saying. Sometimes, but I don't see how Tyler Algier. I guess he is getting more time on the field. But he Rashad is because White because is, I have I have Patterson who is now on the IR. So oh, he's going to get more time. He, he's going to get, get more a ton time. more time. Number one, number two, he had over 100 yards last week in his debut. So uh, this Patricia, I think at the exact moment it's being made, I think uh, the advantage goes to myself because yep. I'm getting a good tight end. But there's no telling what Tyler Algier is going to do as a rookie running back. He certainly had a great game last week, and if he ends up doing a great job, then Laurie could end up winning the trade in the long run. All right. I will make my official ruling right now, and we will never talk about it again. I'm going to vote to allow the trade. Oh, boy. I'm going to vote to allow the trade. (laughs) There's no issues here. I just want you guys to know that that Laurie, the last thing she said to me before she clicked on accepting the trade was, now, if this doesn't work out for me, will you trade him back? <laughs> yeah, that, then, we, then we'd have to we'd have to scrutinize that bill. A little that bit you more. might have to scrutinize because Dalton Schultz is at some point going to get better. I would think. He, wait, he does he? Were you exaggerating when you said he doesn't? have He had a catch zero in? last week, so he's he had like off he's had zero. like one or two catches. This he's year. had a couple. No, he had seven catches oh. in the first game of the season. I didn't know when that. Dak, when Dak Schultz Prescott is the was, Cowboys, right? Tied when in. Dak Prescott okay. was playing, Dalton. Schultz Schultz was good. It's the only time he, he hasn't done anything since Cooper Rush has been in there. But uh, she's not going to use Dalton Schultz. She's already got Zach Ertz. So. I, I, I feel <laughs> I feel like Goddard, uh, Schultz, and my man for the Dolphins are like the same guy. Gasicki? Masquer- masquerading in different uniforms. Yeah. Kyle Pitts, too. They I mean, show the up about a, once a month. Yeah, it's crazy. They show up about once a month. Um, uh, 
As uh, where are we at with Manny? He, he just uh... he just they just went into the Spanish speaking interview. So let me edit it up and we'll we'll turn it right we'll around. Get there. Uh, uh, Chris, can I get your take on uh, Draymond launching a bomb at his uh, teammates? Now it sounds like he's come out and apologized, and there may not be. I did any see that yeah. extra discipline uh, because he apologized to the team and to Jordan Poole, but. Uh, I can't say it surprises me. I mean, Draymond, he, he, he's on 10 all the time when he's on the court. Yeah, I mean, this is not a shock, right? Draymond <laughs> no. Green has a temper. And uh, obviously, if somebody, uh, you know, pokes the right buttons, I, I think you can definitely get a reaction from Draymond Green, even if it's your, even if it's your teammate. Uh, now, the thing that, that, that kind of I thought was interesting, uh, and for those who don't know, Green uh, threw a punch at uh, his teammate Jordan Poole that was at practice on Wednesday, according to sources who told ESPN's Wojo. So I figure we can go with that because Wojo is the god. Um, and, and nobody's denying that this happened. But apparently some of it had to do with contract extension negotiations. And Poole is trying to get a contract extension. I think Draymond was trying to get a contract extension, if I'm not mistaken. That kind of stuff is... You know, to me, ought to be left off the floor, you know, entirely. And if that's what this is about, then, you know, Draymond's really got to be careful here because, I mean, if a guy, you know, I don't know, hit him with an elbow in practice and you retaliated, that's one thing. But if you're just upset because the guy's trying to renegotiate his contract, you're walking over and slugging him. Yeah. That that seems like something Draymond's got to get a better control over and a little better handle on. In the ESPN article, it says both Poole and and Andrew Wiggins insisted on media day that their unsettled contract situations were not top thing on their mind going into the preseason. Myers said uh, he did. The, the Myers is the GM. Bob Myers uh, said he didn't consider the dumps the, the dust up as something that was about who's getting paid, who isn't. I don't sense that Curry praised Pool spirit throughout camp. I will say that. Remember when him and KD got into it. It all stemmed from KD's looming free agency. It didn't necessarily have nothing to do with with money. Yeah, but it it does seem like and I, listen, we this seems like it's all good, and we were only speculating at this point. So, um, but I can see how people can start to think. You know, Draymond seems to be like a Golden State guy. Like, and if he feels like you are already kind of thinking about other 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 destinations. Um, we saw that, that that came spilled out with, with the whole KD thing. So Yeah, Draymond Green, is, uh, he is a, um, he's a ticking time bomb. And, <laughs> and that's one of the reasons I love him, you know, especially in the, play, in the playoffs. But I, I would be always a little careful around Draymond Green because he's a big, very strong man. And if his temper goes off or something's bothering him, He's going to certainly let you know. You know, the other NBA story that I think has really been interesting this week, I I, I hadn't heard of this guy, Tony, and maybe you know a little more about him, but this Seven French left. prospect, yeah, yeah. Victor Wembayama, Wembanyama, I, I don't know if I'm coming anywhere close to pronouncing his name right, but this guy is seven foot four, and he's draining three-pointers I, at will. Have you seen him yet? No, I just saw some highlights of him, dude. I it was mean, ridiculous. Right? It's not like it, it, here's the thing. He's seven. He's seven foot and some change. Um, it's not as though like he's the most like explosive, fast dude. But you have never seen, and this is including KD. I would say, yeah, a uh, uh, a dude this tall move this fluently, have this kind of handle. I mean, it. it 
you almost forget that he's seven foot. Whatever. Seven four, Tony. Seven, yeah, he's seven not just four. A, he's not just a skosh over seven. No, no. He's seven way up four. There. And when you watch him move, he moves like he's six five. Like that's how fluid this dude is. He's not yeah. again. He's not the most explosive. He's not the fastest. He's not the quickest. But he's doing it at seven four. He moves like a guard. It's it's pretty it's pretty spectacular. This is supposed to be like. Like yeah. the next, this, this is the next, next big dude. thing. If you're an NBA right. fan, I mean, you got to be <laughs> right. looking for this guy. He's in the G League right now. He put up 37 points, made seven three pointers the other day. I mean, who's ever heard of a seven foot four guy making, you know, one three pointer, let alone seven of them? Uh, GMs in the NBA right now are saying that this guy is a historic talent. Yeah. He's going to be the most hyped player to come out since LeBron. Uh, I mean, just everything is just exploding about how great this guy is. Uh, there was some there was some talk actually that he would just shut down the season, not even play. He said play. no, and I, I, you know, thank goodness for that. Yeah, right? how about I that? Mean, go out and play. I mean, if if you get hurt, unfortunately, you get hurt, but don't be don't be afraid to get hurt. Go out and play yeah. basketball, uh, improve your game, keep working on your game, and you know, we'll see who ends up getting this guy in the NBA. I, I guess it'll be next year's draft, but he's already uh, supposed to be the number one pick. But not just the number one pick, like a generational change of LeBron, the game guy. Put it this way, LeBron James is talking about this guy as a generational talent. Yeah. So I mean it takes one to know one in my opinion. Uh Man, that's Andre, unbelievable. Andre Iguodala has spoken. Uh, he tweeted about the the incident. He actually was up kind of kind of late, dude. It's at twelve oh nine a.m. He was clearly reading comments. He said, uh, "What we're not going to do is talk crazy about the young fella JP." He's I assume he's talking about Jordan Poole. Uh, great character kid. Missed me with all the other BS. Straight from quote unquote the source. He says so. He seems to be coming to um, Jordan Poole's defense in this, in terms of what what was being <laughs> what was being laid out, what was being levied on him in terms of what his uh, part in a, a, of what the incident was. All right, let's uh, get ready to get to break. Manny Machado uh, just finishing up his part of the press conference. When we get to this three o'clock hour on the other end, guess what? You'll get to hear from Manny. Machado. We also got some Bob Melvin that's happening right now, so the 3 o'clock hour is going to be good, guys. Everybody stay right there. You heard it from Scraby. More Gwen and Chris. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 